you are listening to this week's installment of the Path of a Believer podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Path of a Believer. Uh, we are happy to have you back. This is going to be an amazing season, an amazing time, and amazing people that we're going to be actually interviewing and having the ability and the honor to have on our podcast. And what a way to kick off the first episode than to have one of my favorite uh, people to spend time with, with evangelizing and talking about God. He came to us from Orlando, but before we introduce him, we have Daniel back with us again and our amazing guest, David. Uh, David is actually uh, just finished boot camp at CPAN, correct? Yes. And then uh, you also did the soul school with Daniel. Uh, uh, no. Jake. Oh, I thought you. I thought you did the soul school. <laughs> no. But what's it called? He came into. Okay, he came into our lives in such an amazing way, just full of power for Jesus, and just having the, not like, sorry, bad thing to say, full of power, but just full of the presence of Jesus. He who steps in, you know who's in the room. Yeah. All right. So why don't you introduce yourself, where you're from, who you are, and how you are. Yes, so good to be here with you guys. It's really an honor. Um, so my name is David Rothemmel. I'm from Germany. I grew up in in the Black Forest. Um, I love that cake, guys. Yes, <laughs> you have to try the Black Forest cake. I would say it's the most beautiful area in Germany. Very, very landly. Um, a lot of hills, a lot of nature. Um, I grew up in a very small village with like seven, eight hundred people more. Mm cows than people <laughs> and yeah it is just crazy to see the journey that god has um taken me personally on and and like so many dreams that i carried in my heart i kind of feel like coming to the fulfillment step by step and it's just it's just really encouraging for me personally to see that no matter how big the dreams are no matter what god is putting on our heart that it's so important to really stick to that believe in that and yeah and even for a young guy from the middle of nowhere god can do whatever he wants to do and i can testify about that um you know taking um for example this podcast you know we took a break as we you guys probably know who've been watching for some time and um we just took it as from the lord uh that we need to rest and just take time to um recalibrate um and just receive what the lord has for us in this season um next and to most people who are basically in this industry who are in the media industry taking a break like we are doing right now which has been like what almost like three months already gonna be somewhere around there or two months a month and a half a month and a half um it's kind of ludicrous because uh content 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 is like the way to actually grow and all this stuff you know yeah. um but we're just like god we're gonna rest and listen to your word wow. and for us resting right the lord has just been like setting stuff up in the background and just doing stuff for us he was trailblazing everything for us and we're just walking into it now I mean, even you, for example, we've been trying to get this going for some time. And now the Lord just like set it up so beautifully where you came down um, even like a couple weeks ago um, and visited Beachside uh, Collective and just spoke words with Andrew um, Rivko. And like, I believe the Lord, when he has something in store and it's from the Lord directly, there's nothing 
that we as humans can do Come on. to just like be like, God, I'm stronger than you. I have better plans. Yes. I'm going to go do it my way. No, he's going to do it his Come way. On. <laughs> and there's no human being, no disaster, no Corona, no nothing that can happen Come on. that can stop it from happening. Wow. So, um, um, we actually, I've never asked you this question, um, David, but, but how did you come to know God? Yeah, that's a very good question. So basically, I grew up in, you know, like in, in more or less like a Christian environment. Like we prayed with my family. We prayed with my parents. Um, my my grandparents were like very strong believers. Um, and it's been, you know, like God was always a part, but it was more like a theoretical part. I've never really experienced him. So growing up, um I was always, you know, I always had the fear of the Lord, like up to a specific measure. And I was walking my life. And then with around 10, 11, I, I started to start to have like deep sleeping issues, sleeping disorders. Um, my mom took me to to one of the um, babushkas in the Russian speaking world. Like, who, yeah, you know, you know, these, yeah, um, like you basically go to them, you pay a little bit of money and then you go into a closet it's very dark i still remember like candles lit and and she prays something does something the crazy thing was it was all in the name of jesus oh, wow. um yeah it's really, almost like a witch but yeah in the name of jesus yeah yeah kind of yeah um wow. and and the crazy thing is after that i i actually i could sleep again which is which is crazy you have to you know like put a scissor under your bed i think i didn't do that but like I could sleep again after that. Um, mm. But around a year later, it felt like whole hell was crashing back on me. Mm-hmm. And like through that moment, kind of like a place in my heart opened up where the enemy could, you know, start to destroy me. And literally, I would say three, four years, I went through hell, like from maybe 11 to, to 15. It was really, it was crazy. I developed such a deep emptiness in my heart. I had like so many crazy thoughts running through my mind. Um, through these thoughts, condemnation set in. Mm. I was literally walking in condemnation every day. And it was not that. And this is like 11, 12 years old. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Walking yeah. in condemnation that young, that must, that must be difficult for just your brain because you're young. That's you, true. You're still, you're, at 11 years old, you're still supposed to be feeling that love and everything else from yeah. everybody else, but you're walking in condemnation. That's true. And it's crazy. Like, I think it's it's good to know that the enemy stopped playing games already long ago and he's attacking, attacking our generation in such a young age. And like, that's been 15 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to know how, how less, like how lower he's going on the threshold and like how he's attacking maybe kids already with like eight, nine, ten years old. And um it's just been it's just been really crazy to walk um every day with that guilt in my heart. And I didn't know what to do. I tried many things. I became um I became very aggressive. I started to fight with a, with many guys in, in my class. I I started to go boxing and started to do a lot of sports and sports helped me to just kind of get distracted. An outlet, kind of. Um, what do you mean? An outlet, like a way to just release all that stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just to kind of like get away from everything. So um, like boxing is a, is, a, is a sport where you have to like run a lot. So I was just 
running a lot like getting mm-hmm. my cardio like very high and and like really just trying to like run away from all of these things but it was literally like taking painkiller to heal something that you cannot heal with painkiller and you know that's something very um interesting that you said it's like a painkiller um you know we talked about this before but sometimes there's things in our life that creep in and we seem fine right but that the only reason we seem fine is because we're taking a painkiller but that painkiller is not from god it's from the devil it's a second best so for example i i use this example of um like for example in my life I'll, i'll put this example uh where you would listen to like rap and kind of like christian uh rap and whatever not like nf and stuff and it's just like an emotional tampon right like because the way he expresses some stuff it's like very dark yeah and you resonate with it but ultimately it doesn't get you fixed with the problem you just have like somebody that feels bad for you or whatever right yeah but getting the problem solved you need to go directly to jesus not some Come second on. source i mean there's a lot of being a nurse and being in the healthcare field i know that psychologically there's a lot of kids that, that have anger problems there's a lot of kids that have issues right now and the, their parents the first thing they want to do is put them into sports put them into activities put them into get them into hobbies so that they will be busy rather than being angry yeah and I, that's actually one of the treatments that people recommend is hey get them busy so that they wouldn't be as much of a bother. Wow. And you kind of like flood this kid's brain with, okay, I have to do sports. I have to do this. Yes, it helps them. It makes them, it gives them like a way to just put all their, all their anger, push all their like sadness and depression, all this stuff away. But just participating in something, feeling like a team effort, for instance, football. But at the end of the day, they come home and at home um, when they're all by themselves. Yeah. All those things start creeping back in. And we see it at youth all the time. Whenever you people come in, they're like 13, 14 years old and they're up front praying that they're depressed and like everything else. And you were casting out depression from their lives. Just like what in the world happened at 13 years old that wow. you're depressed? Yeah. But this, this type of stuff is real. But I'll let you get back to your testimony. I was actually, I'm, I'm really interested in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a good point. You know, like I can honestly witness that it is no joke and there are like so many i could just imagine that there's so many young people out there exactly like me who literally went through hell and and honestly nobody approached me you know like nobody nobody shared jesus with me um i knew in my heart it was kind of like i i it was kind of like a deep conscience in my heart where i knew okay i think the only one who can help me will be jesus but it was kind of like okay i will try everything else and if nothing works, then I will go to Jesus. I even thought first going to a, a psychologist or psychiatrist or, or yeah. what you call it, um, before going to Jesus. But I'm happy that something happened before that that literally changed the course. And I didn't have to go to a psychologist. And I'm honest, Praise right God. now I'm completely free of everything. Thanks As we can tell. Yeah. <laughs> whom the sun sets free is free, free indeed yes come on and so yeah it all i would say like started with around i think it was like 14 15 that i went with my mom to to a church that opened up in 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 our neighbor like the the biggest town next to our village um and you know like my parents knew the pastor um still back from 
from Kyrgyzstan. So my parents grew up in Kyrgyzstan. Um, they moved around 30 something years back to Germany. So our blood is German, but uh, we have a lot of like, our blood um, is German, but we're, we're from everywhere. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's it. true. Well, Aren't we all? All <laughs> brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, I watched this thing recently on Instagram. This one preacher was talking about, you know, how everything's going on with the riots about yeah. like Black Lives Movement. Um, and he said this thing. He's like, it's genetically, biologically, biochemistry wise, all proven that we're 0.2% different. Different. Well, the only difference between a black and white person or any mel- other person, level. yeah, is the melt- uh, melatonin level. Wow, not so, melatonin, not melatonin, melatonin, yes, melatonin makes you sleep. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna be falling asleep, but yeah, so it's just you know, <laughs> the only difference under- is who falls asleep faster, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um. And it, it's true, true that um, we're all brothers and sisters. We all came from Adam and Eve. Yeah, God is our God. He, he created us all, um, and we all came from dust. And we're all gonna come back to dust. Yeah. yeah. So, well, um, you were fourteen, fifteen years old. Yes, and then it was crazy. I, I still remember. I I went with my mom to that church on Easter, and um, it was in Rottweil. That's the name of the city where the Rottweil. The name of the really, that comes that's from. awesome. Yeah, that's know. so cool. I have one. That's why. I, I'm oh, like, wow, yeah, well, my brother, but yeah, that's like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like the the city is very beautiful. It's it's a it's a small town city, like twenty plus thousand people living there. Um, so we went to that church, and I I still remember I was sitting in that church, and I felt God speaking to me, and I felt like, mm. wow, this is the answer that I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, but I'm honest, I did not reply. Like I did not respond to the invest- invitation of, of Jesus. So, um, I went home. You know, my life kind of continued, but I think a seed was sown in that moment. Um, I have to go back a few more months. Before that, I was lying in my bed, and I just couldn't hold it anymore. When like all of that darkness, emptiness, unpeacefulness just crashed over me. Um, and I was lying in my bed and I cried out to Jesus. And I said, Jesus, if you really exist, I only ask you for one thing. I heard a lot about you, but I only ask you for one single thing. If you are alive, then please come into my heart. Take away all of this emptiness, all of these um, unpeacefulness, all of like these things that are just so deeply disturbing and destroying me. And I don't need any career, any money, any fame, any of all of these things that I'm honest. I was kind of even like with 11, 12 already like looking forward to. I wanted to open my own um, my own cleaning business, like car cleaning business with 13. My brother um, turned 18 and like he and all of his friends, they just got new cars. Everyone wants to drive their car. Nobody wants to clean it. And yeah, <laughs> so I, I used that as a business opportunity. Um, Hustler from the start. <laughs> <laughs> took all of um, all of his friends. They parked their cars on, on Saturday in front of our house. And I, I was just cleaning cars like morning till evening and polishing them. And like, that's awesome. And like getting a little bit of money. And so like my dream was always like, I want to, make as much money as possible i want to be as rich as possible i don't want to just waste my life but i want to 
like become the you know the how you call it cream of the crop yeah and in that moment i only started to realize years after that i was actually surrendering all of that i literally i cried out to jesus mm-hmm. and i said jesus all of these things they are not valuable for me anymore if i still have to continue to live with that unpeacefulness unpeacefulness with that hurt with that emptiness in my heart and so i cried out to god a few months later on easter i'm i'm ending up in that um in that church service the lord is speaking to me i'm not responding a few months after that i'm um i'm ju- i just started to uh, go with my cousin we were both um in, in in boxing so we were both like training boxing and friday night we were after the training we we're just like okay let's just go to to that church like some guys invited us um yeah let's just go to that to that youth meeting so we both went there and in the beginning i was like okay yeah like it feels good you know like it really feels good to be around these people i really i felt something it was like it was like oil over over a wound you know yeah. like i just felt like okay i i think that helps me so my initial plan was okay i will go to that church for a few months maybe maximum a year and when i'm completely healed and restored i can go back to my old life and i can just you know continue everything <laughs> i i did before i'm what, so happy what a that, good plan. <laughs> i'm so happy that this is just gonna be out. like a pill that i take and i get yeah, better and exactly and like I just need healing and then I can continue with my old life. But I'm so happy the Lord did like thought differently. And he Well that's the that's <laughs> the that's the thing. You realize God allowed you to realize that that's your source of healing. Yeah. That's that's like what I'm looking at that is just you were able to see, hey, this is where I feel my best. This is where God heals me. Yeah. I'm gonna be here until he fully heals Come me. Come on. You know? <laughs> That's like the that's like the crazy thing. I'm thankful for the, the guy who showed you that. Like, and pe- people are able to feel that when they step into church. Like nowadays, churches that are you know there's no tradition and craziness and like you know you you have to do this way and you have to act this way. You know, there's whenever not those type of churches, but the churches that like accept every single person as yeah. their you know. And you walk through the door, and the first thing that's that you son. see is uh, oh hello, how are you? And just like hugs, embraces. <laughs> You know, people yeah. are like all around you, surrounding you, and people that are hurting, people that are that are um, having that guilt, shame, and condemnation. They walk in and they're like, "I'm a drug addict, yeah. but I'm accepted here." Yeah, exactly. Prodigal I'm, you know, I'm, addi- I'm addicted to this stuff, but I'm accepted here. Wow. You know, yeah. and that that acceptance is what Jesus gives to put that seed in, and that seed in, into a fertile ground, not just into a rock. Wow that becomes a fertile ground in that moment so that, that you can continue on with that. That was a good, good point. Like, wow. you realize that the healing comes from him and that's where you actually feel good. Everything else will not help. And if I can add something else, um, before you continue, you were saying how you realize that all these things, they can't satisfy yeah. or fix your problem. And that's like one of the biggest realizations that I think an individual needs to understand. And sadly, there's even Christians who still don't fully understand that they're in Christianity, they're walking to church, they're doing all this thing, but they're not fully dead to themselves, like their business, their family, all these things are way above God. And you can just see it by their actions. 
And until you come to that place of full death to self, yeah. you can't be fully with Christ and you can't fully receive healing because yeah. you're not fully with Christ. Wow. So yesterday we were doing the march, right? And uh, you were preaching and then you, you were sharing how that one lady, she's like, nobody's listening to you guys. And we were doing it in downtown Sarasota, which is, uh, if somebody doesn't know, it's a pretty wealthy area um, and the people who are around that area. And, you know, they might think like, oh, why are they doing this? Like maybe to them, this is like foolishness and yeah. all this stuff. But the Bible says God takes the foolishness yes. and he humilifies the people who are smart with Come it. On. So you just speaking into that lady's life, even though she's saying all this stuff is just an example of how much you've gone through and just understood that, hey. You can have all these riches. You can be blinged up, iced out, or whatever people call them these days. But that will not give you satisfaction. Yeah. Only Jesus will give you satisfaction. Come on. You satisfy my heart every time. Come yes. on. Yes. yes. Um, anyways, um, so, so you're, you're going to this church. And the reason why I want to focus on this testimony so much is because you are, God has made you into such an incredible person. And we're still going to get to that incredible part. But like every person has a humble beginning and like the humbleness comes out in that you know that moment when you realize that hey i cannot do this by myself yeah i actually cannot and that god needs to come in and god needs to take over the situation and i feel like every single person that's watching uh if you haven't had a humble beginning yet just wait yeah <laughs> just give it some time mm -hmm. get on your knees right now and pray i'm just kidding um but no face on the floor uh what's it called there's a re there's a reason for it is because in uh, God, God takes what what is broken and He makes it new. Yeah. He makes a new creation. He like folds it and He makes it perfect. There's no even scratch marks left. Yeah. So you continue on with your, with your testimony. Well, that's a good point that you're scratching on. You know, I think it's so important to to realize like where we're coming from. You know, like God is exalting us. Yeah, and it's it's beautiful to be used by Him. And um, but I. I really, I try to remember myself every day of the precious gospel afresh, like literally realizing that there is nothing good inside of us. Mm. And in the same moment, the same David that walked in into that church completely broken, completely lost. It's the same flesh that is sitting here right now. Yeah. And it's only by his grace Amen. and only by his life Amen. that we can actually make a difference. It's actually... The only thing that makes a difference is is what is not out of us, but what is out of him. Mm -hmm. Like when he is shining through us. Um, I love how Eric Gilmore shared in like a few days ago in, in, in the boot camp where he was like, only the moment water gets still, it reflects what is above. Wow. Um, uh, above the water. And, um, and I think that stillness, you know, it represents many things. For sure represents getting still before the Lord. But I also feel like it represents, you know, like just staying humble before him, like staying still, staying in a, in a place where actually his glory can be reflected through us and realizing yeah. that no matter how far we get, no matter what God will do with us and no matter in which area he will use us, um, it is all him and it is all through him. And yeah, back to back to that story so i was i was in in church going to church um and i 
did not even know the full gospel yet you know it was still like i started to experience god i remember one day i was i was standing in worship and i just i still have that moment in my heart and i think that was maybe the moment of salvation i can't really point to a specific date or day but i think there was one big part of of my salvation where i was standing in worship and there was a song um that the worship team sang which was just like god who wants to tell you thank you and to tell you thank you just something like that and i remember i was singing that song i was getting on my knees and i was just crying out tears and i'm like i realized that i'm actually free i'm realized wow. that actually like all the chains all the attacks of the enemy everything he tried to to destroy me and it's been you know like it's been going through hell for so many years and then realizing like with suicidal thoughts and with like all of like everything you can imagine of i never really took drugs i'm honest i never really i was not even like smoking a cigarette once in my life i was drinking a lot of alcohol i was very aggressive but because i was a lot involved in sports yeah um i never wanted to like ruin my lungs uh but still there were so many chains around my soul around my heart and i realized that moment jesus has actually set me free and and i can be free and i can walk out freedom amen and from that day on just everything started to change like i started to prioritize the relationship with him like from the first day and i started to realize like that's everything i live by like without having a daily fresh touch from him i can't even continue to live um and just starting to wow. starting to walk in that day by day um i started to you know like do minute like ministry um, ministry in case of like serving in church so the first thing i did was um doing audio i call it audio mixing audio oh, oh, like djing uh, DJ. that's awesome like, that's like, the first thing i did in church too really oh yeah. wow you know like yeah, piano I'll, and singers yeah oh, yeah oh yeah to, like the sound sound yeah, tech yeah. Sound, sound tech yeah sound tech, same yeah. here i was actually doing the soundboard at my church too wow when i was, when I was what 14 13 14 15 wow yeah exactly yeah i was like yeah i think around 16 maybe during that time um and it was amazing i loved it i'm like wow like this is amazing i can make a difference here um and then step by step god led me from 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 doing that to i play piano since i'm five so he led me into you know like playing piano in worship so i always had the desire i'm like god let every tone that i'm playing let every bit um glorify every you, single yes. chord just glorify you release your glory touch hearts in a very deep way and and it's been my heart even since then like just to use music to touch hearts and like through that i really feel like god drew me to him mm. in a very special way because of the desire to to just experience him like in different realms you know it's kind of funny i i, I guess it's like a prerequisite to be a, a david <laughs> to actually have a heart of worship <laughs> um uh, to me this is kind That's of funny, new let's go david here david k like. <laughs> yeah i mean i i this is the first time i'm hearing that you play piano i mean like we obviously didn't know each other for this long, but still, like I'm surprised this just came out now. That's awesome, bro. I want I to focus on, on one thing that you said that that you started to prioritize your relationship with uh, God to a point where if you do not have Him, you do not want to have the next day come. Yeah, you know that's like what Michael says to have a heart of Beth, uh, Bethany, where 
in every single moment, you know, God, if you're not here with me, I'm going to die. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, you just like, you need the presence of God. And Come that almost, on. that instills like the fear of the Lord in you. Like, like, no, I'm not going to mess up because if I mess up, I lose this relationship and I cannot live with this relationship without this, without this relationship, you know? Like that's that like that's kind of like, almost like what happened in my life. That wow. that is what happened in my life. God instilled the the fear of like like I cannot lose you, God. So I'm holding on with two hands wow. because if I if I let go, my life stops. Come on. Like if I let go, everything just falls apart, and I do not want it to fall apart. <laughs> I'm here and I'm holding, and then I realize that I'm not the one, actually the one who's holding. Like Jesus is holding it, and I'm just sitting there like just resting. And Jesus, you know, because that. That's kind of where it is. Like your strength does not matter at that point. Jesus comes in and he takes over. Yeah. But um so true. <laughs> so you started ministries. Um this is this is actually leading up to a good point. You started ministry there and God is still the the desire to serve. Yeah. Um what brought you to America? What brought me to America? You mean this time or in general? <laughs> in general, like what brought you here, man? <laughs> it's crazy. So if I think back uh, I was the first time in America in 2008, so I was around 12 during that time. And you can see that um, that was actually the moment when I was when I was like really just just so empty in my heart and like so many condemnational thoughts running through my mind. So 2000, no 2008, I was I was 15. I'm sorry, but it was still like it was still going on. It was shortly before my 14 i'm sorry <laughs> before my salvation um and i always um with 12 2006 my uncle moved to the united states and um i i was so amazed by that i'm like dad mom like we should move as well <laughs> um and i was like so hungry to go to the united states so my parents were like okay like you know we want to fulfill the desire of our of our child um i have two siblings so i'm the youngest they're like okay like yeah, let's let's do that. So we went 2008 to visit my my uncle in in Virginia. He has like a big um, turkey farm, and I enjoyed it so much because <laughs> it was one of those moments where I can just escape from all of these things. Yeah, he had one of these um, how you call that 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 thing that you have here where you can cut. The oh, lawnmower. lawnmower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he has one of these things, and I was 14, so I was just driving around <laughs> like for. I don't know, like 10 days or like seven, <laughs> so seven simple. I love days. It. Um, and I was just cutting grass like everywhere. Like wow. I was just <laughs> driving around like on a whole farm and, and I enjoyed it because it was so much like freedom for me, you know? And like, that was the first time I connected to, to, to the United States. And, and it's crazy. Like I literally connected United States with the freedom that, were, that I was searching for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Jesus touched me like we went into that and and like ministry wise, it was crazy. A few few months after that, I um, I was starting to play piano. God um, just really touched my heart deeply through that. And then one summer we went with our youth group. We went to Spain to just spend some time with each other and like have some fun. And, um, and every morning I went, um, like late morning, I went to some cliffs and I was praying there and I was just seeking the Lord. And, and one morning I remember the Lord just spoke so clearly to me and he said, David, I want you to to preach the gospel to lost souls and to take Come care on. of lost souls and to win lost souls to me. And I still, it's like I hear these words in my ears and 
and I knew that something just happened and he connected it with a deep promise and um and so I didn't know how to start like mm-hmm. I just came to Christ like maybe one and a half years ago I was around 17 during that time and and I feel like that was the moment where really like something birthed in me um I just can't express it in words but the Lord was really marking me on that day up to this point where I would say the main thing I can identify myself with is you know like being a son of God preaching the gospel and like really focusing on that simple task of of bringing lost souls back home um and it's just crazy like I didn't know how to start I I tried everything. I asked people, I asked friends, but nobody could really help me because there was no one really preaching the gospel in Germany, like on the wow. streets. Um, so, and even like Todd Wyatt was not known during that time, you know, like yeah. street evangelism was not. That's true because they only did their Germany, uh, I was going to say Germany expedition, but they only did their Germany um, conferences, the Germany, not Germany, but like Europe crusades that they did. Yeah. They, they just did it like what? three year, three four years ago yes where they went through almost every single country in in europe yeah and i saw that i saw those those those, uh sessions those those were amazing that's true like todd white uh mike poianos um david uh daniel clando was there yeah bethel was there like it was just everybody like when they went through europe right yeah yeah when they went through europe i I think it's a europe tour i'm not sure i think it's very interesting you know we historically germany is tied with reformation that's where it all started yeah martin luther he's the one who started what all these churches of like uh that are here in the states mostly like methodist and um everything that's not catholic basically yeah and now you look at it and it's so like as you were saying there was no example of that reformation happening right now and it just shows how basically if you don't continue the fire in like you know bringing up and raising up a generation being father fathers and mothers yeah so good to the younger generation how a revival that was in your time if you don't teach others it, die out. it yeah. will die out mm. vlad recently just uh, was talking about this thing he posted and he said this for he's like note to self and to all leaders uh don't use your platform to grow yourself yeah or, no uh, don't. Or, don't use your you don't use your the people to grow your grow your platform use the platform, platform to, grow, to the grow people, people. yes yeah and that's a very fundamental thing i think in our time that we really need is that people who are in some type of influence that they mm-hmm. raise up the next generation um i'm not saying make minimis of, uh, of well themselves, no no the, but, the thing is that uh what's his goodness i forgot his name such an amazing preacher he said that um, it was a Jesus image one time. But he said, he said, you have to understand that that the people that came before us, we thank them and we we stand with them and we glorify God for them. But their ceiling is now our platform. Yeah. Yes. Like we, they, they're it's not their platforms now our platform. No, their ceiling. What they have accomplished, we go off of what they have accomplished to continue it on. We cannot be at the same realm as them. We need to continue it on. Yes. So good. Because. Uh, I think that that's a, that's a big factor, especially for younger generation, is that the people who came before us, the missionaries who came before us, their ceiling is now our platform. You know, it's um, Elijah and uh, what was his name? Elijah and the, oh, goodness, they're both. Uh, 
Anyways. Yeah, and Il- Il- and Elijah. Whenever he gave him his uh, um, coat, whenever he Eliza gave him, and Elijah. Yeah, Eliza. Eliza. Sorry, I know the Ukrainian yeah. Russian names because that's where I learned the Bible first. But <laughs> the Hebrew names are kind of yeah. hard to remember. <laughs> What's called? Um, whenever he gave him his uh, coat, whenever he gave him his actual, um, it was almost like passing on. You know, he, he was passing on the the. You know, he asked for I want your spirit, but times two, and he's just like, okay, well, if you see the if you see me being taken up, you will have it. But he was actually giving it to him, which means that he didn't have to start all over. He didn't have to start, okay, he did this, you know, uh, he came before me, he did all these works. Now I have to do all these same works. No, he went off of what that guy did. He stepped onto his platform and he kept going further. And that's just going off of, of what it is, but you can continue on. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think that's so important too, to literally understand that, that um, you know, <laughs> Eliza was looking for for the God of Elijah and not just for the mantle of Elijah. Yes, mantle, and, that's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's so important to realize, you know, like we so many times we, we look at people and we're like, oh, I, I want what he has. Yeah. But actually God is like, I don't want you to just have what he has. Mm-hmm. He has me and I want you to have me. Oh, that's yes. so good. Yes. Like, oh, man. I think everything starts to shift and change the moment we understand that. I mean, Heidi Baker was saying exactly the same sermon. I mean, I showed you, I made you listen to this sermon. She took off her shoes. She brought some <laughs> six foot four giant onto yes. the stage. And she's like, she's like, here, put on my shoes. Mm. And he, what's it called? He put on her shoes and uh, she put on his shoes. Yeah. And that guy just And the dropped. guy just dropped to the floor. <laughs> wow. And she wasn't touching. No one was touching. He just dropped to the floor and he, and she's just like, She's just like, we're not here to walk in other people's shoes. We're here to walk in the shoes that God gave us. Yeah. So I know what kind of, what what he's been going through. I know it. I can feel what he's been going yeah. through. But God has given me my purpose and God has given you your purpose. What I'm going through, I cannot pass it on to you. Oh, yeah. But I can pass Jesus to you. It was a, such an amazing sermon. You guys should actually look it up. Heidi Baker with um walking through people's shoes. It was an amazing sermon. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And yeah, but continue on. You, you were um, what's your ministry? How was it growing? How you came to America? Yeah, so um, it all started basically, you know, like that moment God called me. I, I didn't know how to preach the gospel, and I remember how how I stumbled over a message of Steve Hill, and I think that's a very important thing. Maybe you're watching right now and you don't know how to preach the gospel. Listen very carefully. It's actually much easier than than we think. Um, so I stumbled over the message of Steve Hill, the world famous evangelist who led the Pensacola revival here in mm-hmm. Florida for so many years, where evangelist Daniel Colenda got set on fire and like wow. um, literally so many world changes got birthed out of that revival. And he was preaching in Germany and I stumbled over a message of him in, in, in German on YouTube. And he said one thing that really stuck to me up to that day. He said, if you don't know how to preach the gospel, just go to every person you meet. Tell her or him, John 3, 16, and look what God will do with his word. And I'm like, wow, it's the first time I'm actually hearing something that I can apply straight away. Yeah. So I went to the streets with a few friends and that's what we did. Like we just went up to people. There were people walking, you know, like in hurry. We're like, hey, stop, stop, stop. We have an important news to share with you. God loves you so much. 
that he gave his only begotten son uh-huh. for you so that if you believe in him you can have eternal life and you don't have to perish that like, is awesome okay and they <laughs> just continue to walk you know and like now looking back like over so many years um god literally like i could just observe what god is doing with his word when we just step out in simple faith and, and obedience so we started to do outreaches you know like step by step every saturday we went out i still remember so much fear just in my heart i i was praying for hours and i thought the highest pinnacle of christianity is when you when you're not afraid to talk to people one-on-one on the street <laughs> um and it's just been crazy so back to your question about america so that was all going on step by step i grew in evangelism and and like many things happened um and then 2013 i um i was already like one and a half years into my studies in software engineering so i did my bachelor in software engineering um and i had on my heart to kind of like study abroad get a little bit out of germany um so i applied for for a study abroad program in in malaysia i thought like okay i can go to america i can go to england i can go to europe but i really want to go somewhere like completely a different culture like diving into a culture shock like malaysia you know like a very strong muslim population um and like in the middle of nowhere like never heard of that country you know like my my parents were like we never even heard of that country why are you planning <laughs> to go there you know like it sounds like um yeah it sounds so crazy um and so i applied and then they were like okay we need a language test from you oh. like for your english and i'm like no way a language test um i knew that my english was so bad my english teacher in high school gave up on me he was like you will never learn english like i had to do well he was wrong now <laughs> <laughs> that's true god can do everything yes right? he makes the impossible possible amen still remember i had to make a presentation in my high school um and because my english was so bad i made a presentation about mcdonald's um, <laughs> and i literally i asked my cousin who worked at mcdonald's during that time if i can have his uh outfit his, his outfit Um, so i took his outfit and you know like i just tried to you know like express a few words and my professor like my my teacher he really loved my creativity so he gave me like a d minus or something (laughs) Uh, but my presentation itself was so horrible so i was like looking at that challenge i'm like okay i need to like pass an english test in six seven weeks like i started to listen to english sermons but i can't speak at all so I reached out to my uncle. I'm like, okay, uncle, I have a few weeks to learn English. Can I come to visit you in, in America? So I flew like the next day. I booked my flight the next day, flew the uh, the day after, flew straight to America, spent there like three, four weeks. And um, and it was crazy. Like literally in three, four weeks, God like improved my English in such a crazy way wow. that I came back home. Um, I actually went to a Slavic conference in 2014. Nice. It was the first time I got connected to the Slavic um, Russian community, like, American uh, community here in America. Um, and I met I met Vlad Blizniuki. Yeah, Vlad. we oh, had yeah. him actually in the podcast, bro. No way. Yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah, he's yeah. an amazing guy. Yeah. Oh, I love him, Vlad. If you're watching, I love you, my man. <laughs> um so yeah we met there at that conference and and like god just connected us in a very deep way um 
So I went after that to New York to him. Um, we spent some time with his youth in, in New Jersey. And, and it's just crazy. Like during that time already, God, you know, just started to mend relationships. Um, so yeah, I came back a few months later. I jumped into a plane, moved to Malaysia, lived in Malaysia for six months. Um, God was doing tremendous things in Malaysia. Um, it was just really, I saw the first person actually giving their life to Jesus. Like personally, I led like one-on-one -on -one to Jesus wow. was in Malaysia. And guess what? Like there was after, there was 2014. I started preaching the gospel around 2000, end of 2011. So it's like, you know, been over like around three years that I preached the gospel on the streets. And like the first salvation came after three years. Wow. And, and for sure, one of the reasons was I never invited someone to give their life to Jesus. You know? And then I kind of realized, oh, yeah, maybe I should. You know, yeah, maybe I should start this. Yeah, it's pretty important. That. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should challenge someone and tell them, hey, like, do you want to give your life to Jesus? Uh, it was actually an 86-year-old guy. That's um, awesome. A homeless guy on the street. He just got so deeply touched. I think never really heard the gospel before. Um and yeah, like God just from that on just started to, you know, take me on a journey that was just really unimaginable. When was like that moment where it finally clicked that God is not just God, like a far distant person, yeah, but he's personal and intimate and he just wants to be with us. You know, you were talking about how Eric Gilmore, man, dude, that's uh, yeah. I, that quote that you just said about how when you become still, you start seeing the reflection of what's above. That just hit me so hard. Um, you know, I, I know on my personal journey um, of God, that was a very big realization that when I become still, when I just stop and stop even like talking or anything and just listen, he starts speaking to me and I start hearing him from facets that I maybe never even experienced myself before like he'll speak to me either through a vision or he'll just whisper into my ear when was that to you like that realization that hey i i can become a son not yeah. an orphan wow. to jesus yeah. to god that's a very good question i think it's been a little bit different for me than i think for for like many people that i just heard testimonies of and and you know like i could never really identify with Maybe just because like the wording was a little bit different in my heart, but I was, I always had an issue kind of like to identify myself with like an orphan spirit or something, because I never really felt like an orphan for me. It was just like, I was lost and now I'm found, you know, like yeah. I was completely broke, gone, lost. And Jesus brought me back and there was no orphan stage kind of in between for sure. You know, like I was like, I had moments where I, you know, like struggle and things like that. But um, I, I kind of feel like Jesus did that, like um, in, in a little bit different way. Uh, but the moment when I really started to see Jesus and experience him more and more, and even like my relationship with him grew deeper and deeper was actually through preaching the gospel. Like I would oh. say, starting with playing piano in church and you know like seeking god for um yeah like just for for seeking him for knowing him and like just being used by him and then like through preaching the gospel because when you're on the streets and like 
you know we went out like saturday nights like till 2 3 a.m in the morning and like uh, when you're out there and like i went many times alone you know because sometimes you just don't have anyone who wants to join you and it's okay um but especially when i was alone like on the street and like you know facing giants and like literally had crazy experience like what what god was doing like i could share stories over stories go for it bro we got time <laughs> come on okay just maybe What's one story it? yeah um i still remember it was one one guy um i was i saw him he was he was not homeless but he was like you know drinking beer like yeah he was like in his 50s um he was on the street i still remember his name was roland and and i met roland and and i I preached the gospel to him and it was, you know, like it was in a dark corner, like 11.30 p.m. at night, nobody else there, just the two of us. Um, and I reached out to him and I'm like, hey, Roland, like Jesus loves you. And he's like, oh, um, you know, I was actually, I have everything ready here in one of these. Um, it was like, how do you call that in English? Like, uh, no, not a dumpster, but like a place where you can like store stuff safe. Um, uh, like with a lock, yeah, like a storage, storage. like a locker, like a, yeah, like a locker, locker, right? So he ha he's like, I have everything in that locker prepared to to take my life, and I'm just waiting for the right moment. Um, and I'm hearing that, and I'm like, shoot, like what's going on? What did I get myself into? Yeah, like what I, do I tell I, this man? And and yeah. I, it just hit my heart. I didn't even know what to say. So I'm just like rolling, like Jesus loves you, and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I know. So I prayed for him, and and he was like. It felt like something was not breaking through, you know? Oh. I was just like, I just can't, you know, I can't reach his heart. And yeah. and I still remember, like, at the end, he was like, it's okay, David. Um, it's okay. And he just walked, walked away. And I'm like, I don't know. I felt like whole hell just crashing over me. Like, I literally, I started shaking. And I was just like, I don't want to let him go. You know, like, I don't want him to take his life. Like, maybe even tonight, you know, like, maybe tomorrow night. Who knows? Mm. Um, but I just started praying. And, like, it was literally, I've never experienced something like that. I think up to this day and before that, like, there was really one moment that 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 just marked me. I drove to a friend of mine and, like, and I just ringed at his bell, like, at 1 a.m. in the morning. I'm like, dude, we have to pray, like i i'm not okay with this person going to hell um and like just so much fear just gripped my heart you know like it was it was really it was a spiritual battle going on um and like we prayed the next day um i went to church and like i couldn't sleep like most of the night i went back home and i and i prayed and i still remember like just you know like it was kind of like demonic attacks coming coming after me and the thing is when you're going through stuff like that you just have to cling to him, you know, like yeah. it just draws you so close to him because that's the real fight that we're that we're into. And like, don't get me wrong. I believe 100 percent in in the finished work of Jesus and the blood of Jesus running through my veins. Nothing can touch me. Nothing can harm me. Yes. I don't have to, you know, like pray a specific prayer every morning yes. so that yeah. I'm protected and all of that stuff. It's all good. I'm not against that. Jesus but I believe years ago. Yeah. He died 2,000 years ago. And I think based on our faith, we can walk in victory and in authority. Amen. Always. Always. Um, because you know what I mean? Like, for sure, if, if your faith tells you 
Like you have to pray that prayer based on your faith. It will be given to you. If your faith tells you, you can walk into a lion's, a lion's thing. Den. Den, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my English is... I You're good, bro. You're words. great. Come on. <laughs> you can walk into a lion's den and not one lion will touch you. Um, and I think like back to your question, moments like that, you know, like just being alone, um, completely just depending on him having no one to trust on, having no one to clean on, having no one that you can run to except him, that really just formed the relationship between us uh, where I just experienced him in such ways that I'm like, Jesus, I I literally, I, I'm still in the process of getting to know you, but these moments, they just shaped our relationship that I can I can really say I know you. And like, wow. I, I, I know facets of you and I've experienced like ways of how you how you treat me and how you how you just you know, care for me yeah. like in a very intimate way, like really a friend that I can run with, like mm. a friend that I can love, someone that I don't want to, you know, like not be around with any moment of the day. Like I literally want to be around Jesus with Jesus, filled with Jesus consumed by jesus like every second every moment of the day just immerse yourself and yeah <laughs> yeah so we're, we're um we're coming closer and closer to the ending yeah. and uh we could just talk about jesus 24 7 and uh, it would exactly. not get tired i know <laughs> i know us uh, but i want to give you an opportunity we sh you shared your testimony and it's just powerful how jesus used you in your life to just start to outreach but I want uh, to just let you have a moment to just speak to, to people and just share your heart of what God's been planting in your heart over the last few weeks, months, what message he's been putting into your heart and just to pour it out. And then um, we'll go from there. Yeah. Come on. Yes. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> the last few months, I feel like, so just for all of you who don't know, um, from january on uh 2020 whenever you're watching this um basically um, i started to become a part of the christ fall nations evangelism boot camp which is basically a training for uh people who are already living in the calling of the evangelist um to just help them to grow as much as possible in an incubator of six months where where your body, soul, and mind and spirit will be trained up to the highest possible measure to just be as effective as possible in the kingdom of God. And like, I came with an expectation, okay, like it's going to be, you know, it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. I will die. I will die. I will die. Um, arriving in January and now looking back, the main thing that Jesus really did in my heart and was just speaking to me um, was literally to summarize it. I remember how Daniel Kalenda said in, in the first few weeks, he said, guys, make sure only of one thing, keep your heart soft towards the Lord and tender towards the Lord every day. And I'm like, okay, you know, I lived in a relationship with Jesus, but these last few months, it just drew me so much deeper into just a complete different realm of the spirit. I can't even express it in words. Um, I thought the main thing I'm coming for will be, you know, like to 
to learn how to preach the gospel and that's all you know all of that happened like we we learned how to preach the gospel in mass crusades we learned how you know like the ins and outs of a ministry um, of an evangelistic ministry how to raise funds how to um you know like all of these things how to organize crusades and everything but honestly like the biggest transformation personally for me that happened was that simple fact that jesus is like i want your all i want everything i want every bit of your heart and literally disconnecting your calling from your relationship with jesus you know because i don't want to just seek jesus because how you even heard in my testimony like many times i saw jesus because of ministry because there was you know like a bottleneck because there was something squeezing me and i needed to run to him you know and it's it's good if we do that um and it's it's great but this season literally shifted my whole way of thinking like before you know like i needed to um needed to like pray for days before i preached because i wanted <laughs> the anointing to fall in that place you know and i told you i believe in prayer i believe in fasting i believe in all of that but i think something shifted in my heart where i don't just want to seek jesus mm. for that i don't just want to seek the hand of jesus yes so on. that his you know like people can be touched um through me um and like all of these things but i literally i started to disconnect these two worlds And I said, okay, I want to nurture my relationship with the Lord. Not because of anything, just because I want to have Him. And then, no matter what, I just have faith that the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. And I can walk in authority. I can walk in uh, fullness of the Spirit. And the moment I step on whatever it is, on a conversation with a soul, one-on-one, on a street corner, if I um step on a on a bench and i start to preach in a, in a park or if i step on a crusade stage in wherever i know that the glory of god is with me yes. and no matter if i failed to pray two hours ago or not it it's is not there. connected to that but based on our faith that the bible says you the the spirit of the lord is upon me that he has anointed me to preach good news And like literally basing it only on that, not letting your feeling crush you and letting your feeling put doubts in your heart. Oh, like people will not be healed because I only prayed 10 minutes, but I should have prayed one and a half hours. And like all of these things, you know, I literally, I started to disconnect these two worlds. And I said, yes, I want to seek the Lord with all of my heart. I want to have a relationship with him like a real lover of Jesus. But I also know that no matter what, I will walk and I will minister in authority with miracles, signs and wonders, with power based on only and only on my faith. Amen.